Sam Howell has been officially named the starter with the Washington Commanders. How much does that improve his dynasty value? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Kate, your guy, Sam Howell, has been officially named a starter in Washington. First of all, how excited are you? It's a good day, Marcus. I just want to thank my family. I want to thank my friends, um, all of the listeners, all of our everydayers here at the Locked On Dynasty podcast for your support. Um, this is a good day. This is a good day for the Washington Commanders. It's a good day for the fan base. And most most importantly, it is a good day for my fantasy football teams because uh, I have a lot of dynasty shares in quarterback Sam Howell. Now, let's talk about like what this means because, you know, we look at the Washington Commanders, not necessarily like a super exciting offense, but I do think like they're they're setting Sam Howell up with two really, really solid wide receivers and Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. What is Sam Howell's fantasy football outlook? How much does this uh, increase his dynasty stock? Because I think everybody's still feeling a little tepid, even though he's named the starter. How much confidence do you have that this is his job long term? You know, given the draft capital, given Jacoby Brissett behind him. What are your thoughts? Dissect this with me. I don't feel as confident as you do just because I, I wasn't as big of a Sam Howell truther during the draft. It's still a fifth and on pick, but it does feel like this is the move Washington had to make at least to start the season. They open up with the Cardinals, maybe build some confidence and let's see how this thing goes. But would it surprise me at, if at some point Sam Howell gets benched for Jacoby Brissett, if the offense is struggling? No, not at all. Especially because they have two really good receivers in Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin, and I really like Curtis Samuel as the number three. I, I, you you met you said uh, you know a little timid right about this whole situation. That's exactly how I feel about Sam Howell uh, with Washington. Well, I, I feel like um, you are going to change your name to Wet Blanket because um, you you put a damper on my mood here today. Right, well, that's Friday. pretty common. It's Friday, and I want to celebrate. I, I, I well, let's, very let's excited. Do, like, if Sam Hill, Sam Howell hits his ceiling, or let's say he hits like ninety percent of his ceiling in Washington, what what what's the outcome here? Like, what type of quarterback are you getting in your superflex leagues? I think you're getting a top fifteen quarterback at like the lowest, but I think you have a a quarterback with easy QB one potential on any given week. Like I think Sam Howell is one of, you know, especially if you have one of these safe quarterbacks, right. And you're, you're starting quarterback slot in a super flex league. I don't think there's any more perfect asset than Sam Howell as your QB two, especially given the rushing upside. Like 
going back to his time at UNC, he was he was making moves on the ground. Like he's got, uh, you know, a, a nice, uh, you know, strong arm. He, he, but he moves like that. That's what you're going to get out of uh, your your asset here for Sam Howell is that rushing upside that is so critical. Uh, started one game in 2022, and guess what? It was a QB1 production, not because he was super efficient with his arm, but because he made some plays with his legs. And we saw it all last year in the preseason, uh, you know, got off to a, a nice start in in uh, his second drive here in week two or week one of the preseason with a nice completion touchdown to Jahan Dotson, um, who's one of my favorite like second year wide receivers to keep an eye on this year. Uh, I just think like for the, for the money, cause you know, I think everybody, like you said, is, is timid. Um, I, I think buying into Sam Howell right now, while everybody's thinking like, ha sucker, I, I get to unload this, uh, this QB two who's not going to be starting by the end of the season. I think that's a perfect time to trade for him. And, and I, you know, I, I don't think you need to necessarily quote unquote buy high. Cause I don't think there is a buy high for a fifth round quarterback, but you know, going back to the draft, he was projected for the first round, but this entire draft board saw the quarterbacks push down outside of Kenny Pickett. Your now, guy, Kenny Pickett. Yep. My guy, Kenny Pickett, who I'm actually, I'm, I'm growing on. I'm warming up to, um, you know, again, maybe I'm just becoming a, a, a more biased Steelers fan, not You're just Pickett, the but, but I, I just think Sam Howe, like in terms of that rushing upside, in terms of the arm, when you pair it with some of these weapons like Curtis Samuel, I don't like him for fantasy, but I like him in terms of being a third option for your quarterback as a receiver, um, you know, has some versatility, can do, you know, some, some jet sweeps, some, some can just help relieve some of the general pressure uh, on the rest of your offense. I like Sam Howell. And I, I think that, I, like this is this feels like the time that you you have to either jump or or not jump. I think I'm willing to wait a little bit to see how this plays out. I, I would I would rather pay a little bit more after the first month of the season to get a little bit more certainty, right? So what what's his price tag right now? He's going as QB twenty twenty eight twenty eight behind I, Will Levis, behind Trey Lance, behind Derek Carr, behind Jordan Love. If I have to pay top. 22 QB prices, but I get a little bit more certainty about the situation and I get to see him start four or five more games. I'm okay doing that. And I know the price is so cheap now and it's like, Hey, how can you, how can you really mess this up too much? If you trade for QB 28, I, I there's just something about the whole situation that makes me feel a little uneasy. So I'm, I'm, I'm willing to wait and be a little bit patient here. Well, if you wait, Marcus, you know, like by your estimation, if you wait, then if you wait until you feel more certain, are you going to be paying a much higher draft cost? Yes. Yes. And that's, that's the trade-off, right? I'm willing to pay a little bit more of a draft pick or a player just to see what we're getting because we've only seen him start one game in the NFL. That is week 18 at home against the Dallas Cowboys second and third team in a game that Dallas had nothing to play for. We've seen him in the preseason, but I I don't really care about the preseason too much, right? I want to see him on a for a full month in September playing against other quality teams before I make a decision here. All right, so uh, a couple of trades here in Superflex Dynasty Leagues. 
Sam Howell for a 2024 second round pick in a super flex. I would probably take the Sam Howell side. Okay. Mike Evans for Sam Howell and Odell Beckham Jr. in a super flex. I'll take the Sam Howell side. Am I in on Sam Uh, Howell? This kind of sucks. (laughs) <laughs> um, how about Sam Howell and Rashad Bateman for DeAndre Swift and Rashi Rice? I'll take the Rashi Rice side. Okay. Um, <laughs> Those, but that shows you the market. Kind of where right. we're at. Like, yeah, it, yeah. The market seems to be, like if you're just trading straight up Sam Howell for a pick, it seems to be right around a second rounder in 2024, sure. which I think, you know, for for the potential upside. Now, like, if you're at a rebuilding team, Sam Howell isn't, isn't the target because of that uncertainty, because of the lack of draft capital. But, you know, for a win now team specifically, Sam Howell feels like the perfect trade target in dynasty. I think, uh, you know, if you're in a window and you need some depth at quarterback, yeah, I'll, I'll give up a second rounder all day. Uh, hopefully that's a late second rounder. Uh, if, if I have anything to do with it and if Sam Howell does his job, uh, that's going to be a late second rounder, and I'm going to be very happy with that at the end of the season. If I get a, a quarterback that I can just leave in that super flex spot and know that any given week I might have a QB1 performance just thanks to his rushing alone. All right, so we also had some actual football that happened last night between the Browns and the Eagles, and there were some pretty big takeaways from that game. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a job post. All you do, add your job and then the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Lockdown Dynasty podcast. On Monday's show, we're going to talk about all the winners and losers from the preseason action. Maybe somebody from Kate's Bills, or I guess Kate's Bills or Kate's Steelers. She's got two teams. <laughs> now this, uh, well, just tune down Monday. We're going to have a lot of takeaways for your Dynasty teams. But, Kate, I want to talk about Brown's wide receiver, Cedric Tillman, who on the first drive of last night's game, Caught two passes for 50 yards. Both of them were absolutely uh, fantastic. I did want to highlight one of his catches. It was a 34-yard pass on a double move and totally beat his, I think it was Zach McPherson, on the move, was wide open in the end zone. The ball was really underthrown. Cedric Tillman stopped his body, came back high point of the football. It was all around. It was a fantastic job by him. How excited are you about Cedric Tillman going into the year? I'm really excited about Cedric Tillman, maybe not necessarily for his prospects in 2023. Uh, I still have a lot of reservations about this offense, but I think what 
my biggest takeaway from this game was that just Cedric Tillman looks just as promised. 6'3", 215 pounds, like has this gigantic frame, but I, I think just looks like he plays much. He simultaneously looks like he plays smaller than his frame and bigger than his frame. And well, I don't know how to, how do I say that? Like it, to me, he looks a lot like Michael Thomas where Michael Thomas run like peak Michael Thomas, where Thomas was so good at getting in and out of breaks and he played like a six foot receiver. And then you see him matched up against other corners and like, this guy is massive. Yeah, he he just looks like such a a tank, and mm-hmm. it, you know, like it. It, it I, I think you saw some of that start stop ability there, um, which just again looks so special for him because of his size. Um, I I loved Cedric Tillman. I thought you know had a, a much broader skill set than Jalen Hyatt coming in. I know uh, Jalen Hyatt was the the one that shined in twenty twenty two, but that came off the. Uh, season-ending ankle injury to Cedric Tillman, played just six games in 2022. And it really paved the way, I think, for Jalen Hyatt to have this ginormous breakout season. You know, Jalen Jalen Hyatt, he's, uh, you know, smaller, faster. Uh, but Cedric he's Tillman, polished. he's not polished, but like Cedric Tillman, I think, has a lot of those skills that uh, Jalen Hyatt, like, you know, for what he brings in athleticism and in, in that regard, Cedric Tillman, I think, just brings a, a more refined skill set as a wide receiver. And, you know, it's not really, I, I don't think, a crowd. I, you, you think about the wide receivers that the Browns have brought in, like David Bell, Anthony Schwartz, like Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like, you know, outside of Amari Cooper, I still don't feel like they've found that clear-cut, you know, Number two wide receiver. The outside, the outside guy. Outside set. Elijah yeah. Moore is going to play in the slot. Yes. I think David Bell, who they drafted in the third round last year, I think he projects as a slot, basically a backup slot receiver that can kind of do everything. Uh, Schwartz isn't it, right? And then if you look at like Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I actually like quite a bit, but he's a, he's a, re- a free agent after this year. I just can't see Cleveland bringing him back after what we've seen from Cedric Tillman so far. So if it's not this year, it does feel like next year there's a chance that he's just the clear-cut number two outside receiver to Amari Cooper. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be kind of how we see the shake out. Now, how valuable is the the Browns, you know, number two wide receiver on the outside? I don't know that yet. And I think I don't think we'll anybody find out this it. year. We'll find we'll, like, find, we'll out. find out this yeah. year. And it doesn't necessarily have to be Donovan Peoples Jones, but we'll find out what that number two role, how much value that role has. Yeah. And I I think, you know, looking at at Tillman, obviously you get a a little bit of that size. You know, I think he can, he just has this, you know, innate, I think, understanding of, of how to play football. And you see that in the, the way that he made those adjustments yesterday, like you brought up that play uh, where, you know, like that, that probably would have gone for a touchdown if it had been placed ahead of him instead of having to stop and and make that adjustment but like that that kind of adjustment is exactly what you want to see especially out of a third round rookie um you know who's who's had very limited playing time so far Uh, his price right now in dynasty league football is wide receiver 64 a couple players going ahead of him jalen hyatt who you mentioned wandale robinson who was like the ninth slot receiver with the giants who i actually like but that's, that's crazy josh downs 
Nico Collins, who I actually think is somewhat of a similar comp, Jacoby Myers, Jaden Reed. I will say Cedric Tillman is like the that's the archetype of the you know player that I want to target at the end of my roster. I want the guys that have that kind of size who, if they hit their ceiling, can be an every week starter for me rather than a Wandale Robinson who you know it's gonna be reliant so much on volume in the role. So I'm in on Cedric Tillman. I I think projecting forward, I won't be surprised if he's the clear cut starter in 2024. And frankly, I won't be as surprised if he's a starter at some point this year. Like I just think he's more talented than Donovan Peoples Jones. And let's like let's go back to like and and just talk about this. So like yes, third round rookie, right out of Tennessee, third round rookie. But the Browns actually used the, this was the first draft the first pick, pick they had yeah. in the 2023 draft, and they used it on a wide receiver. Despite like I said, all of yeah. these like mishmash of additions that just haven't quite worked out. Um, you know, I, I think utilizing that that first pick that they had in this draft, that's that's very telling for what they project to be the yep. potential future for Cedric Tillman. And if you want to learn more about Cedric Tillman, I suggest you head over to the 33rd team. There's an article up over there. I won't say who wrote it, but just check it out. Uh, <laughs> I also just really quickly on the Browns before we move on two takeaways. Dorian Thompson Robinson looks like he's a player. I don't know if he's going to be a starting quarterback or whatever, but if he ever gets into a game with this Cleveland Browns starting offense, I think he's going to have value because he can really move. He's not afraid to rip that ball a little bit. Yeah, I I have really enjoyed watching him in this preseason. And to boot, like, has a lot of rushing upside, was was super productive uh, in college as a rusher. And we know, like... I think he's very much well worth a dynasty stash. Like, I don't yes. think, uh, I don't think we can take Deshaun. Watt. I know like financially this team is in it with Deshaun Watson, but I don't think we can take for granted. Like the fact that he hasn't been asked to do much so far. He looked fine in week one of the preseason, but still, I, I feel like we have yet to see the Deshaun Watson that the Browns thought they were trading sure. for. And I don't, you know, I, how long the Browns are going to be in this mess if the Deshaun Watson experiment doesn't work out, I have no idea. Like, will they move on or will they dig their heels down, you know, for the next five or so years? Like, who knows? Um, I, I don't know. But, you yeah, know. We should also in- mention Watson is not the most durable quarterback. He's had a history of some some lower leg injuries. So at least it's something to monitor. Yeah, I, I think, you know, in terms of rostering backups in, in my super flex league, like, I don't. I don't have a ton of of shares. I don't think it's it's always worth a a stash. But Dorian Thompson Robinson might be you know one of the top backups that I, I want to roster in my dynasty leagues across the board. I, he's on my waiver wire speed dial, right? Like the the moment Deshaun Watson you know really struggles or looks hurt or whatever, I want DTR because I think he's going to come in and give you rushing production right away. And we saw last night like he can make some big plays with his arm. So just keep an eye out there. Want to talk about the Eagles running backs again? We talked about Kenneth Gainwell on yesterday's show. Let's dive into that backfield a little bit more next. All right, Kate, to finish out the show, uh, last night we saw Kenneth Gainwell start for the Eagles. I believe with the first 10 plays, uh, he played eight of them. First run of the game was a, was a safety, I believe, right? That wasn't great. Uh, then yeah. we had we had Rashad Penny play a little bit. We had Trey Sermon come in and fumble right away. And then he had a nice rushing touchdown later in the game. What do you make of this backfield? 
it's a mess, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to make of this backfield. And I know what I want to make of it. I want it to be Rashad Penny's backfield. And I think uh, that, you know, for, for my dynasty teams, that would be the best thing. Now, you had Rashad Penny come in and uh, what he broke up like a 16 yard run, I think mm-hmm. right off the bat, like it's, it's so funny. I think it was Ian Harditz uh, said, you know, based on my Twitter timeline, Rashad Penny is either like the future of the Philadelphia Eagles run game or uh, he's about to be cut. And like the the Twitter yep. timeline seems about split 50 50 on Rashad Penny. Now, playing we're also time in preseason indicates... form on Twitter. Like we're still we're yes. still working our way into regular season shape. We're still working through our preseason takes. But yep. like, um, you know, Kenneth Gainwell got a little bit of time. He wasn't like, you know, he, he didn't he looked fine, um, you know, didn't look great was actually the the I don't I don't know what to say this the recipient of the safety got tackled in, yeah, he in got tackled. the end zone. Yeah. Wasn't really uh, his negative fault. wasn't his fault, but uh you know like he uh you know I, I posted this this tweet like um you know on a a opportunity in in pass blocking just totally missed a a, a, side, a okay uh, Ray GQ, who's like one of my favorite analysts, said that he doesn't think that that this pass blocking assignment was Kenny Gainwell's. But uh, Kenny Gainwell had an opportunity to make a nice block instead, uh, just kind of scooted over and let Marcus Mario take the sack. Like, I don't know what to make about this backfield. And I think the the upside lies with Rashad Penny. Um, but you know, week one, we had Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott sitting. Now we, we didn't see DeAndre Swift. Like what, what is the staff thinking, Marcus? I, I don't think they know yet. Honestly, you were saying you don't know what to make of this backfield. I don't think Philadelphia knows. And I think they're trying to figure out who does what well in certain roles. And my gut tells me that Kenneth Gainwell is going to be the passing down back in the two minute back. Rashad Penny is going to get some of the early down work. And then DeAndre Swift is going to be the guy that mixes in every now and then to hit some big plays. And then Boston Scott's going to be there just to be annoying and score 15 (laughs) touchdowns against the Giants. Like that's just what I think is going to end up happening this year, unless somebody emerges. And I think that's what Philadelphia is trying to find. Like, is there somebody, somebody of this group that we just can't afford to take off the field through two games of the preseason? I don't think they've, you've seen that yet. Yeah, I think that's that feels about right. Now, if you like had to make some sort of uh, you know, adjustments to your dynasty rosters or or if you had to rank these running backs for dynasty right now, how would you do that? I mean, Swift is probably still the player with the most value. And then it's probably RB twenty seven on Dynasty League football, by the way, which feels too high. That's high. Feels really I know he's twenty four years old, but so here's the way that I would say, if I was just straight ranking them, I would rank them Swift, Penny, Gainwell. If I had to buy one of these players at the respective respective price tags, I would take Kenneth Gainwell all day long just because he's the cheapest of the options. And I think he's the best receiving back of the three. But am I actively going out and trying to acquire any of these three backs in my dynasty leagues? The answer is no. Are you actively trying to trade any of them away? Also, no. I think they're just a hold right now if you have them on your team. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. All right. That is it for today's show. We're done talking about the Eagles running backs. We spent the last two days talking about them. It's, it just gives me a headache. Honestly, that's the thing. It just gives me a headache. 
We want to thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen of the day. Again, every day, we'll be back on Monday to break down all of the preseason action. Go check out our show on YouTube. We are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Kate on Twitter, at Kate Majuk. Make sure you go te- check her out, uh, covering the Steelers this weekend at Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys uh, back here Monday. I'm at Marcus underscore, underscore Mosher. Have a great weekend.